Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Subtle Solution Media to help make this podcast possible. We're excited for this one. We have award winner, executive coach, speaker, confidence coach coming out of Texas, Dallas, Texas, correct? San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. How could I mess that up? Danielle Gomez on the show. Uh, Danielle Gomez, Mr. Gomez. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, man. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. And I'll tell you what, I love San Antonio. We have a beautiful rural walk. We just had a beautiful speaking academy here and everything's beautiful in Texas, right? But it's even more beautiful in San Antonio. So, <laughs> but I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to drop some value to your audience, man, because one thing that I've learned when you think you know it all, that's when you start going downhill, Ted. And one thing I definitely, I don't ever want to go downhill, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, we're on the same page on that. And a lot of our listeners as well, because we're all about constant learning here, being humbled along the way. So I really appreciate you taking the time because we, I know we're going to jump into a lot of subject matter about being humbled, maybe embarrassing ourselves and things like that. But first, I love to make sure that our audience and our guests have an opportunity to get acquainted. So please Take a quick moment to introduce yourself and let them know who you are, what you do, and uh, what we hope to share today. Man, Ted, you know, about four years ago, you think you have it all together. You have money in the bank. You have your house paid off. You got the Rolexes. You got the Corvettes. And all of a sudden, you get a phone call that changes your life. I couldn't even understand what my wife was saying. And when I finally told her to take a moment and take a breath, all I heard was the word breast cancer. And that changed our lives forever. The thing is not for the worse, for the better, you see, because we didn't, I didn't realize how far I had come from who I was. Sometimes success has a way of giving you arrogance and a big head and your ego takes over. And even though I was taking care of my family monetarily, all they really wanted was their dad and her, her husband. And I realized Ted, that I was taking care of my work family more than I was taking care of my home family. So my wife was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. She made a decision to have a double mastectomy. And because of that, you know, she was having a C-cup, which there's no breast after you have a double mastectomy. She was changing her blouses every three or four times a day just to kind of make herself feel better. But she got depressed on me and I had to make a decision. Was I going to stay working or was I going to hire somebody to take care of her? And man, I had to man up and leave work. In my mind, I thought I was going to go back someday, but God had other plans for me during that time off taking care of her because she just laid it really on the couch or downstairs for six weeks, you know, recovering from her surgeries. And I started binge watching on TV for like about 10 days. And I said, well, this ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. so I, can, I, I could see myself kind of regressing and just dying there on the recliner. And I just read a book, man, and reading that book changed my life. That sparked the idea in me. And then the word motivational speaker came out and everybody laughed at me. Mm-hmm. So people are going to laugh at you before they applaud you. But I can say because of the grace of God, I'm the one lucky now, and I'm one of the highly sought-after keynote speakers around the world. Had a chance to train the United States Air Force. Had a chance to share the stage with Les Brown, and had a chance to really speak with Tom Bilyeu. And it's just been so many opportunities. But I say that with all humility because I know who my CEO is, and that's God. And because of that, 
becoming a speaker has led to really becoming a, a coach that I never even knew was there because I understood business. I ran multi-million dollar organizations for almost two decades. But sometimes you don't realize when you're in the jungle, Dad, you don't realize what you know until you get out. And when I really self-assessed who I was and I allowed myself to heal and I'm still healing, right? We're just, it's, it's a never ending journey, but that's who I am. And when I became that speaker, started a podcast, became that executive coach, became that business coach for entrepreneurs. You don't realize what you can do, but sometimes when you realize that there's a God bigger behind you than anything in front of you, you, you don't let fear stop you. I just put my head down and go forward because I know that God's grace is with me. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mr. Gomez, that is a amazing. And there's so much in that story that really hits and it's really impactful because what you're describing is, is kind of like the realization of what's important in life. And I think a lot of us, and I know a lot of us might not have been there yet, or maybe they've been there and they didn't quite get the message because you mentioned the crossroads of being in a moment where you could hire somebody or you could take care of your wife. I'm interested to know what that decision process was like. How fast was that decision made? Was it like, oh, no question. I'm taking care of my wife or the decision to walk away from work must not have been just necessarily an easy, quick decision, but it must have been one that was boiled over and had some repercussions on either side. I think for me, it was more, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. We come to the crossroads, but it's, (laughs) how did I get here? And that was more the question for me because I didn't realize how far I had come to who I was. And when I found myself there, I was asleep to my self-awareness. And the decision actually came about because me and my wife had gone out to dinner. Like I said prior, you know, she was changing all the time. And for her to be dressed up when I got home Saturday night, it it hadn't happened like in about a month because she was in her feelings, right? she was emotionally so depressing but i got home she was like hey i thought maybe we'd go out to dinner tonight i'm like yeah let's go so we went to chimneys of all places had a great time we took a couple of selfies and of course somebody saw my picture and the next day my wife like right it's a new people don't realize when you have a double double mastectomy that it's it's the the physical part's the easy part the emotional part is what is what lingers and she just had a hard day on sunday and she was just crying. And I said, you know, I'm just going to stay home Monday. And Monday, it, it all came to head. And uh, my boss was like, well, dude, you got to show up to work. I'm, like, I'm not going to show up, man. He was like, oh, no, you got to come. I said, no, really, I'm not going to go to work. Like, my wife needs me. Well, they made reference to the picture on Facebook. And we did have a good time. But it's like people, like I said, they don't understand the emotional side of it. It's like, look, look man, I'm not lying to you. I don't have to explain myself to you. I'm not going to. And by that time, it got kind of heated. And I asked myself, do I really want to work for somebody like this? He goes, look, be here by 12. I'll see you at 12. And I said, man, I'm not going to repeat myself one more time. It's done. I'm not going to go in today. And then that's when he kind of bucked up. And I just said, come pick up your demo. So literally, that's the way it went down. It was a blessing from God, even though I couldn't see it. But I think it really helped me realize that when I got to that crossroads, it was just like, how did I let my, I didn't realize I had let my family down for not being there emotionally. Sometimes we think because we give our kids the iPhones, the Jeeps, the toys that they're happy. And they want is their dad. All my wife wanted was her husband. Louis Vuitton's are great, but 
it's temporary, man. It's a temporary patch. It's like a bandaid on something. Man. Yeah. And God, God really just healed our family these past four years, which is amazing. And I wouldn't change it for the world. And no, I don't want my wife to go through what you went through, but I'll tell you that it's like the blessings that have come out of it, man, it's been amazing. And just the fact that my wife's attitude was this was like, well, she never played the victim. She never said, why me? She said, why not me? And I think that was, she set the tone for our whole family. And I think everybody just followed after that. She said that. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's amazing. Cause I first want to thank you for your journey, because I know as you continue to pour into people and your love for people really does show, it's clear that the story and the journey that you went through, it's something that you almost kind of tell as a cautionary tale. How did I get here? And we, we talk about this trend all the time on the podcast about not wanting to be a slave to our job or not wanting to be so dependent on the paycheck that we have to compromise things in our, in our personal lives where you mentioned, if you want to be there for your wife, or if you want to catch your kid's recital, maybe it's catching your son or daughter's softball game or baseball game. A lot of us sometimes make these decisions on a daily basis that we don't recognize where we're picking our work over our family and your cautionary tale, I think is it's something where we all can kind of take a moment and reflect and find out, okay, Hey, where can we take control here? Where can we make sure we're, we're focusing on what's important and not getting lost in the facade of everything. I, yeah. I, I, and, and, and I want to defend you right now. Cause I know somebody's going to listen and say, well, you got to work. I know somebody's going to say, Ted, you got to work. So I'm yeah. going to answer that. You got to find balance. You have to find that balance. And if you're the job you're doing is for the money and yes, believe me, I love money more than anybody else. Right. Cause I believe we're blessed to be a blessing, but if it's costing you the relationships that you have at home, you have to ask yourself, is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. Because the moment I, I walked away from a lot of money, right? A lot of like salary, God honored that. I walked away. I'll tell you what, I don't, I, I mean, I, I didn't realize it, but I went through struggles. Of course, I cried. I, I have a saying, you're not a true entrepreneur to you're 99.9% sure you're going to give up because you're crying in the bathroom. So believe me, I've cried. But the success that I've had has been amazing because I really, I think I honored my wife, first of all, and I honored my kids. And, and so many times as fathers, we don't, we don't apologize to our children. We really don't. We like, we have the wrong approach. Like, well, I'm the parent. And yeah, you're the parent, but your kids have souls. Your kids have hearts. And literally, I think God honored the fact that I, I asked my mom, I mean, my, my son and my daughter to forgive me. And most parents don't take that approach. Yeah. It wasn't easy, but you need to take it. That leads perfectly into that humility helps in terms of your next journey. And for you kind of jumping into that entrepreneurial lifestyle, it's so scary for so many people and kind of what you coach a lot of people on with confidence and coaching people on being able to take the next step. Even your book, you were born to fly your most recent book. A lot of people maybe hold themselves back. And as we were kind of talking about, yeah, we, we need to make a choice and you need to work too. You know, we have that audacity on this podcast to believe, hey, you know, we could have it both. We could be entrepreneurial. We can set up streams of income and we can also be present fathers and mothers and, and members of our family and community. So how do we first believe in ourselves to make that leap, make that jump? Because there's so many things that hold us back. You just don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> just jump? <laughs> yeah. Well, and not that you just jump. I, I was listening to a, I was actually listening to a, a study with um, Chick-fil-A founder. 
Truett, I think is his name. I don't want to, I don't want to butcher his name, but he was saying, I didn't plan on having Chick-fil-A. He had some little restaurant with 10 chairs and it was just a small restaurant and Chick-fil-A kind of evolved from there. Mm-hmm. He goes, if I would have planned it out, I would, me, the person that I was, he said that I would have over planned it and nothing would have happened, but I just went with what I got. And the main thing that I got from his message was be consistent and go forward, be consistent and go forward. So many times we over plan and just because we over plan, it kills our dreams because we wanted to be perfect. We wanted to be a certain way. We wanted to look a certain way. And it, it gave me peace because I, I'm not a planner. I'll tell you, like, I have ideas. But to me, I'm more focused. The, what caught my attention, what you just said, is some people, they, they, they overplan too much, but they forget the biggest part, right? I, I'm, not a, I'm not a believer of, of business plans because the business plan ain't going to, when, when, when it's time to get gritty, when it's time to see what you're made of, the business plan ain't going to help you. It's not. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care if you spend a million dollars on your business plan. The business plan is not going to help you. It's what's in your heart, right? In Spanish, we, we call it ganas. What's in your ganas? You got ganas? Are you going to bounce back from your defeat? Are you going to bounce back from the failure? Because the business plan ain't going to do that. And it drives me crazy when I hear business consultants say, what about your business plan? That crap's not going to help you. It's what's in your heart. Where are you going to go? And I say that because what you said, I promise, what's more important is how am I going to generate revenue? Most businesses don't go into the minds with the, don't go with the mindset is how am I going to generate revenue? They just think, well, I'm going to have a business. Well, great. But they never develop the streams of income. Help them to be successful. Yeah. And it's thinking ahead. It's having that thought process of realizing like, hey, you know, businesses need to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's funny you mentioned that because I'm the same way. I'm not a business, like I'm not a planner. And I wrote a business plan this past year for a meetings and events company. And with COVID-19, we know how effective that plan is. <laughs> the moment it's completed, you have to pivot. You have to throw the plan out because it's no longer applicable to the environment that we're in. And especially in business of today, things move so fast. So by the time you're done developing your plan, the playing field is completely different. Case in point being Clubhouse. I think I'm two months into Clubhouse now, and that's completely changed the game and where I'd want to take my business. And I'd love to kind of guess, ask your input on the ability to be adaptable, the ability to pivot while you're leaning into some of these entrepreneurial ventures, because a lot of things aren't going to be black and white, straightforward, and by the textbook of how we read it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because March, I hold events here in San Antonio. We have a nonprofit that we hold. We have a big women's conference every October to raise money for our nonprofit. It's called the Finding Your Inner Beauty Women's Conference. Every October we have it this year. It's October 16th. And um, we raise the capital to give to women because my wife, right, is a breast cancer survivor. So the, our foundation is called the Mahdi Strong Foundation, www.mahdistrongfoundation.com. So all donations are welcome. But they say that because because of my wife's journey, we started a, a nonprofit. And then because of that, we started holding events. And when March 16th came out, when they closed the whole country, I lost like almost $35,000, $40,000 in revenue because I lost speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's when I felt like God said, start your podcast. And I'm like, well, who's going to listen to my podcast? Right? We have these thoughts, no matter how much level of success you're at. And then like shortly about two or three weeks later, it's like, hey, well, start a speaking academy. And I'm like, a speaking academy. And in my mind, it's like, well, everybody that speaks must book their own gigs. I mean, that's what I'm thinking because I do my own. And he goes, start your speaking academy. And I was like, so I called my publisher. I said, hey, man, Mike, um, God put this in my heart, dude. What do you think? He goes, dude, let's do it. During COVID, I didn't plan it. 
and I'm saying that I mean I planned it of course, but it wasn't it wasn't it was just an impromptu God gave me the idea and so many times we get these ideas that are for that season and we don't act upon them. And we believe that the strategies that we had from the other season are gonna work. And those strategies they didn't work anymore. Those strategies they think about this. Back when fax machines were around, you could fax a uh, fax over Friday, mass fax, and thousands of businesses would get it. Well, guess what? Fax machines are obsolete, but so many of us, we still want to use that fax machine strategy that does not going to work today. Mm-hmm. So, so we did this, and next thing you know, we had the most profitable event ever. And I'm like, hey, I think I have something here. And people came in during COVID, right, from the high-risk places of California, um, New York. We had people come in. We had like 20-something speakers come into the first one. And it was just, it was amazing because nobody wanted to leave because at that time, we didn't know if COVID was going to be around for, they thought it was going to be around for 90 days and not go away. But it was July. It already been March, April, May, June, right? Almost four months. Mm-hmm. So people missed that human touch. So it was amazing. And dude, I just ran with it. I'm like, I'm, I'm killing myself to sell a $100 ticket to one of our other events. This one, I can sell just one and it makes up for 20. Like, that's a no brainer, right? It's like, yeah. work smarter, not harder. And to me, I love hosting intimate events more. So this past weekend, we just had our second one. I was at Epic. We had like 21 people come in from all over the country, 21 speakers. And it was beautiful, but I love it because we've had a big event. Our women's conference this last October during COVID, we had 120 women, which is great, right? I love it. But you and I both know that there's only so much capacity to meet and greet everybody. So when you have a smaller group, you really get to know who they are. So it's just really not being scared and doing it. And if you can't bet on yourself, Ted, who's going to bet on you? And I just bet on myself. I had somebody that was crazy like me and believed in me and my publisher, Michael D. Butler, and we did it. And it's been very, very amazing. And, and I think we're one of the few in the nation that have actually had more than, I think, six or seven live events during COVID because Texas has been open. So is San Antonio. And I mean, we've been able to, to double our revenue and really just grow our businesses and part of it was because of the live event, but part of it was pivoting with the podcast. We won podcast of the year last year. We've had Evan Carmichael. We just had John Johnny Lee Dumas, one number one entrepreneur podcaster. We had him here last week. And we've had some some top quality guests. We're on negotiations with Grant Cardone right now. So it's just been uh it's been amazing. And and the beautiful thing about it is that just give it back, man. It's like it's all good. It's I love winning. But before I was a selfish winner, right? I wanted it all for Daniel. And something that God put in my heart last week was like, okay, dude, like, got to be more responsible now. And not that I'm not being responsible, but now, like, I got, like, right, I'm, I'm the one with the blessing. Well, guess what? I'm feeding 10 people to say, right? Their, their income is based on my income. So I got to be responsible and not make dumb decisions or get greedy because I'm feeding them too. Does that make sense? Oh, no, absolutely. It kind of, it puts puts more of uh, repercussions to the decisions that you make. And it's it's something that I've felt in my life as I'm a, a getting, uh, I'm engaged and I have a little dog to worry about. We just got a house. For me, I'm thinking, you know, the 25-year-old Ted who can just make a decision on the whim now has to consider other people. And you only multiply that when you're a business owner by two, three, four. Now you have 10 people's livelihoods to consider when you're making a business decision. It puts so much more weight to it. I wrote down in my research, because this is amazing where we are right now, where you studied horticulture at Richmond College, which is studying the growth of plants, to now you're growing people. And I love kind of building that that bridge because 
a lot of us focus on where we start, but don't look at where we can finish. And the fact that you've had these record-breaking events this past year, first, congratulations. But secondly, do we all have something within us that can get us to that level? Do we all have something within us that can get us to a level of, I don't want to say recognition because that's not why we do it. I don't want to say of success because that's all subject, but maybe to a level of fulfillment. Do we all have that with us, in us to get to a level of fulfillment in a certain field that we pick? So we all have a level of significance. We all have significance instead of us because we all have a gift. The problem is, is that we've been taught by society to compare our gift to everybody else's gift. And we've been lied to by our parents sometimes because our parents, we live, we, the, our parents, because they didn't use their gift, they want us to use our gift instead of, in other words, they want us to use their gift instead of our gift. And that's why so many kids are unhappy. Think about it. What do I mean? What are you Daniel? You're talking like lingo. No, I'm making sense. Just to say, Ted, you have a son that, you know, he's a football player. and He does it because he saw his picture of his dad. Wow, dad was a star running back. Mm-hmm. And we'll just say dad didn't fulfill his dream, right, for whatever reasons. Well, then we want our son to walk in our shoes, but he has his own shoes that he has, which is his gift. But we force him to walk in our gift, in our shoes, and just play football, son. And I say this because I almost made the same mistake is because I played football when I was younger. And, you know, as, as my son was growing up, he was like fifth grade. He was a little skinny dude. He goes, hey, dad, I'm going to play football. I was like, cool, right? So he was number 34 running back, right? Herschel Walker, Dallas Cowboys. And it was good. But then he goes, dad, I, I think I want to do band. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, you're not going to do band. Like, that's like, no, like they pick on band people. I, I like this because I would pick on band people, right? Because I knew, I mean, just... <laughs> So he's like, Dad, I can do both. It's like, whatever you want to do, do it. So he did football, he did band, and then it came to the crossroads where he had to pick. And I said, I don't know, man. You, you decided. He goes, well, I can do both. I was like, you can't do both anymore. And my heart was like, Jay, just play football. He goes, Dad, but I like band. And I'm like, dude, like, whatever, right? Like, I was upset. I'll be honest with you at the time. I wasn't the new me. Well, then uh, something happened to where – he had to be at, the, at both events at one time and the coaches of football, you know, football coaches, you know, they, they mean well, but sometimes they come across the wrong way. And mm-hmm. the cowboy, the, the coach told him like, Hey man, like, are you going to be a wussy and ready to go with band instead of football? He goes, I'll see you in the morning. He goes, I know. He goes, I know you'll make the right decision. So my son's telling me this. And then I, the dad want to buck up. Right. I'm like, where's this coach at? Right. Let me show him. But my dad said, no, dad, I got it. He didn't even go. Huh. He didn't go to football. He showed, he chose band and my son, he's no chump, right? Like he was a power lifter. Well, he's in, he's, he's, he'll be a senior next year here at Texas State University. Bench press is 350, deadlift 450 pounds. Like he's, he, like he passed me up two or three years ago. But I say that because the biggest mistake I could have made was be selfish and have him walk in what I wanted him to walk in. My son has his own gift. He's not Daniel Gomez inspires. He's Julian Gomez. So his significance is in his ability to play music, his ability to lead. He's a hell of a leader. But if I would have made him become who I wanted him to be, which many parents do to their kids, it's like he would have never reached the level of success that he has. He's very successful for being 21 years old. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that because 
He takes part of his own man that he likes, right? He knows sales. He does sales part-time at this car wash, which is pretty big here in South Texas. He's making $4,000 a month as a student. But I say that not to brag, but just when you allow the kid to walk in their gifting, when you allow them to walk in their significance, they take what they like from us and then they use their part because God gave them that gift. They have their own DNA. That's what we feel to realize. It's just the same way I'm Hispanic, you're African-American, right? That we're who we are on the outside, but in the inside, we have our own gift, which yeah. is part of which is part of our DNA. Yeah. And we miss that sometimes. So to answer your question, when you walk in your gifting, that's going to lead you to significance. And there's so many ways. Think about think about Betty Crocker, right? Her gifting was painting, right? Think of Ruth Chris. Her gift was steaks. Mm-hmm. So we all have a unique gift. And when you walk in that gift, that'll lead to significance, Ted. Yeah. And I think that's amazing because part of what you explained, which I kind of want to reference, is like true love for somebody. True love for somebody is letting them walk their own path, not knowing where it's going to lead. Because we all have that desire to help, right, and pour into somebody, but we might be pouring into something that they don't want. So really loving somebody, allowing them to walk in their own path is, is one thing I pulled from that. And also even further, when we find our significance, a lot of it comes from trying. And in order to, to try, Betty Crocker, the first time she baked, she probably didn't bake an amazing <laughs> dessert. And the first time Jimi Hendrix picked up a guitar, it probably wasn't what we all play all the time. So there has to be a level of, I guess, discomfort and a level of not being good at what you're doing before you can really find that significance. How can someone get through that? that, I call it the gap. How can someone get through the gap between their skill level and their actual taste and what they are trying to articulate with the instrument, the business, or the job that they're doing? Well, I think it's it's pretty simple. I'll, I'll put it in simple terms. Like, I think I hate people sometimes when they use these big elaborate words, right? And I'm talking for myself because sometimes yeah. just keep keep it simple. There's no growth without growing pains. It's that simple. There's no growth without growing pains. Mm-hmm. You gotta you, in order to grow, you're gonna have to stretch, and it's gonna hurt a little bit. So just know that when you have those pains, you're growing. Enjoy it, embrace it. Yeah. And I think it just reframing your mind to see it that simple when it's it's not the world's ending or man it's just that hey guess what the diamond doesn't become a diamond without pressure the olive oil doesn't come out of the olive without being squeezed and the seed doesn't germinate without being planted in dirt and darkness so just know whenever you feel pressure whenever you're being squeezed whenever you feel it's dark it just means you're becoming something greater than what you were that's amazing. Daniel Gomez, I want to make sure our audience, our watchers on YouTube have an ability to connect with you, follow you, watch your show and, and all the amazing events that you have coming up as well. I'd love for them to get updates on that. How can folks connect with you? Yeah, well, you know, my, my show is Daniel Gomez Inspires. On, it's on everywhere. Our team puts it out there on iTunes, Clubhouse, I mean, not Clubhouse, Spotify. And my brand is Daniel Gomez Inspires. So if you look me up on our YouTube channel, Daniel Gomez Inspires, all pretty much all our handles are Daniel Gomez Inspires. We do children of faith coaching as our coaching business. And what I want to offer your guests is go to bit.ly forward slash meet Daniel Gomez. That's bit.ly forward slash meet Daniel Gomez. And when you put that in there, you can set up a complimentary 45 minute coaching session on your entrepreneurial journey. I'd love to help you in business. And that's my gift for me to you. And then definitely you can go to Amazon and get one of my books. Right here, I got Sticker Shock. This is a great book, right? It talks about sales and confidence. Because without confidence, you can't win. 
And without sales, you can't win because you need revenue. So sticker shock. And the day you realize you're worth millions, right? Most people undervalue who they are. But the moment you realize that you have million dollar potential inside of you, your sales skyrocket because you stop undervaluing yourself. And last but not least, if they want to go to my uh, website, www.danielgomezglobal.com, they can contact me and I would love to connect with them there. Send me a message and whatever I can do to serve your audience, man, let me know. But thank you so much for having me. It was a great, 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 great time with you, Ted. Yeah. Awesome conversation. And I'm going to have those links in the show notes as well. So folks can go ahead and uh, if they're in the iTunes app, they can open that up, hit those links and get directed straight to those sources. I appreciate you sharing. And I'm going to break down some of the things you you said throughout the episode, just to make sure our listeners can get some value towards the end uh, before we sign off here. But you know, how'd I get here? Understanding first the vulnerability that Daniel showed, sharing that story with him and his wife and making that decision between work and taking care of his wife, but it wasn't necessarily, oh, how do I make the decision? decision. It was a, how did I get here moment? Let's all maybe audit our lives and find out where we're sacrificing some of our priorities for the paycheck, and then maybe get creative and figure out where we can create our own revenue streams and the income. That's where the entrepreneurial side comes in. And that's where having that belief in ourselves and the worth of knowing we could take that jump. And I love when Daniel says, Hey, (laughs) just go, don't think about it too much. I built a business plan before I could tell you once it was done, it had to change, not saying anything about not planning, but just understanding that you're going to have to adapt along the way. And sometimes it's best just to start moving and don't get uh, paralysis by analysis. Also, we don't act upon our idea when it's most relevant. A fax machine idea is not going to be effective right now. So understand when you're coming up with the idea, that might be the moment to go. And of course, don't compare your gift to somebody else. There's so many of us that are too hard on ourselves by scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, and we see these, these prescribed lives of other people and their highlight reels. And we can, we compare it to our behind the scenes and it just doesn't add up. Don't compare your gift with somebody else. Try new things, have that confidence. And of course, there's no growth without growing pains. Daniel Gomez, thank you so much for all that knowledge and that gift today. No, thank you. Now I want to end with this is that the moment you realize that you are worthy and deserving of success that you really believe that you deserve it, it's a moment that your income is going to rise. Most people, and I went through this, we just bought our dream house last year in, in July. And there was a part of Daniel Gomez that didn't believe he deserved it. There was still some shame and guilt that I had to get out of myself. And we all want the cars. We want the horseshoe driveway, the jacuzzi and the pool in the back and the water fountain. I got that. But I say that because I want you to understand that even though I was excited initially, once my subconscious mind took over, there was about a six-week period that I had to really work on myself to receive it because the very house that I had prayed about, I was complaining about. And I say that because there was a part of me, I'm going to say it again, that didn't feel I was deserving. So I want to end with this. You are worthy and deserving of God's best. You are worthy and deserving of success. Your past failures do not determine your work. It's just experiences to make you better. So go out there and win. That's amazing. All right, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate you hitting that subscribe button, that like button. If you really got value from this, please share it with a friend. You could just you could just tell those words that Mr. Gomez just said really resonates and it really hit me hard. So I really appreciate you ending with that because I think that's something not only our listeners had to hear, but to be 100% vulnerable and transparent, I had to hear that today. So, so thank you for sharing that. 
Thank you to our listeners for, for making it to the end with us. As always, like we say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. <laughs>